Good morning. Welcome to worship at First United Methodist Church in Martinsville, Virginia. We are delighted that you have joined us this morning. Today we celebrate the baptism of the Lord. It is a day when we remember that Jesus was fully human and fully divine, uh, that he took his stand in the river to be one of us and among us. Thanks for worshiping with us this morning. Let us join in reading responsively our call to worship. Holy God, you sent your Son to be the light of the world, so that all may know the brightness of your love. Fill us with your grace this day, that we too may bear witness to his light and serve your coming reign. Let us unite our voices in our opening prayer. 
Holy God, when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan, the heavens opened, the spirit descended, and your voice affirmed your love in Jesus for the healing of the human race and all creation. By water and word, you lovingly invite us into the same life-giving mission. May your spirit, moving like a stream of water flowing from its source, work in us this day to realize your vision of a world made new in Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. I'd like to ask for the attention of the children for the children's time. Today is the day that we remember in the church the baptism of Jesus. Jesus was baptized when he was an adult, and it's the thing that happened right before he entered into his public ministry. I wanted to tell you a story, too, about uh, a family where where there are two brothers, ages four and three, and a mom and a dad, and a little sister. And the little sister uh, was baptized one Sunday morning. And that evening when the two boys, the, the four-year-old and the three-year-old, were in the bathtub together, all of a sudden uh, the mother, who was you know, talking with them about the baptism and wondering if they remembered anything about it, uh, was rather surprised when the four-year-old son took a big cup of water and dumped it over the head of the three-year-old. And then he said, I baptize you in the name of the father, the mother, the brother, and the dog. That's well, not exactly the words that we use, but he definitely got the point. And the point is that at baptism, we become members of God's family. We acknowledge that we are all connected as brothers and sisters in Christ and that we are all God's children. Baptism is one of two sacraments in our church. Uh, the sign of baptism is water. We use water to baptize people. The signs of Holy Communion are grape juice and bread. So we use water in baptism and when we think about baptism, Think about what water does. We use water to drink. We really couldn't live without it. Um, we use water to wash with. We use water sometimes for refreshment. Uh, we gather at lakes or at the oceans to recharge and relax. And baptism, the waters of baptism do all of those things. They cleanse us from our sin. They are life-giving and they refresh us and enable us to start anew. If you have not been baptized, I hope that you will talk with your parents about becoming baptized. It's just a wonderful time of celebration when we talk about being a part of God's family. I have been very privileged to do a number of baptisms. The last baptism that I did, I wore this stole uh, so you can see that there's a cross and there's a shell, which is a symbol of baptism. And then there are waters coming down. Um, so the interesting thing, though, is the last baptism I did wearing the stole uh, was for a couple who had gotten married almost two years before. And the stole is reversible. And I had actually, this is a wedding symbol, and I had worn the stole at their wedding. 
and then two years later for their son's baptism. It was very, very special. There are lots of symbols of baptism. Here in the church parlor, we have a bowl that is a, in the shape of a shell. Um, but I hope that uh, as you think this week about baptism, you'll think about how God makes you new every single day, how God wants the very best for you, and how God is always on your side. But most of all, please remember that we are all one big family. We're God's family. Thanks for joining me this morning. As we prepare to receive the words of scripture, let us open our hearts and let us pray. Glorious God, may your spirit so burn within us that we hear your word translated into deed and follow Jesus in paths of justice, right relationship, and peace. For we pray in his holy name. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson this morning is the 29th Psalm. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all say, Glory! The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our gospel lesson this morning is found in the third chapter of Matthew's gospel, beginning with the 13th verse. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.
I love baptisms. For me as a pastor and for most pastors, baptisms are just the most joyful thing that we get to do. They remind us of the ongoing rhythms of the church that is bigger than any one of us. Baptism is one of two sacraments in the United Methodist Church, the other being Holy Communion. In the United Methodist Church, we baptize infants, children, youth, and adults. We believe that God is the one who is acting. God is the one who is doing something in baptism. And that is why we baptize infants and children who cannot yet decide for themselves. We are responding to how we already see God at work, to God's love and the life of the baby or the child. Because we believe that God is the one who is acting in baptism, we do not rebaptize. That would be like saying God needed a do-over. We use water, not something expensive or exotic to baptize people. We don't pour diamonds over their heads. But we take water, a life-giving, ordinary substance that reminds us that God takes the ordinary and makes it holy. In the introduction to the service of baptism, the pastor says, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty salvation and given new birth through water and the spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. Those sentences tell us that baptism is our welcome into the church, that baptism incorporates us into the story of God with God's people, and that baptism gives us new life, and that all of it is a gift from God, which we do not merit and cannot earn. It's just freely given a gift from God. Baptism is a very important public declaration of faith and commitment to Jesus Christ. The parents of youth and children make those declarations and commitments on behalf of their children, who at confirmation will make those declarations for themselves. Whether I am baptizing an infant, a child, a teenager, or an adult, I always have the wonderful sense that I'm holding God's future in my arms. It's such a wonderfully human moment. Parents are, are nervous, hoping their baby won't do something embarrassing. John Buchanan, a Presbyterian minister, told a story that has, has long, long uh, stuck with me. He baptized a child, and just after he spoke the words, you are a child of God, and you belong to Jesus Christ forever, the child said, uh-oh, loud enough for everyone to hear, that that's pretty appropriate when we think about the rigors of discipleship. Today is the day that, in particular, we remember the baptism of Jesus. Jesus was ordained at his baptism. He was set apart for ministry, as each of us is, when we are baptized. We tend to think of, of baptism as a lovely event, but for Jesus, it was scandalous. Everyone in town and for miles around knew that John the Baptist was calling people to repent and to come to the Jordan to be cleansed so that they might emerge from the water as 
people unencumbered by the past and able to start anew. So if Jesus was in fact the Messiah and if he was in fact God's son, then he would be without sin, which made him lining up with everyone else alongside the banks of the Jordan River to be baptized by John, quite gossip worthy. There were Pharisees and Sadducees in the crowd, people who would carry word back to Jerusalem that this was no sinless son of God, just an ordinary man who came to confess his sins like everybody else. In other words, it was bad for his reputation, and it was bad for those who were hoping for a very different kind of Lord, someone who would stand high over ordinary human beings and set a good example for the children and in no way relate to the sad, sorry people he stood in line with that day. But that was the choice that he had to make that day, and that's the point. As Barbara Brown Taylor puts it, as Jesus watched the people going into the river with hunched shoulders and how they came out of the river with a new sense of possibility written all over their faces, he decided not to be a divine lifeguard with a gleaming whistle around his neck shouting directions from a high white chair, but decided to be one of the swimmers themselves as immersed in the soup of everyday life as the least of them with one important difference. He knew the way through it and could lead them to safety, but only by taking his place among them. It seems that even God was waiting to see what Jesus would do. Would, God, would, would Jesus stay on the shore and pull rank? Or would he take his stand in the river, literally, and enter fully into life on earth with and among God's people? When Jesus came up out of the water, God shouted with joy at Jesus' choice. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Jesus was not and is not a Lord who is above and beyond us, but a Lord who is with us, who wades into the deep waters with us, who helps us to shed our heavy loads and who leads us through. Jesus' baptism is part of the consecration over the water when we celebrate baptism because what Jesus does, we are called to do. Ordination and church membership are two rites of the church that are related to baptism because they each have to do with being sent forth into the world to do what Jesus does. For those who are ordained, we are sent forth into the world to be about specific kinds of service, word, sacrament, and order, a representative ministry on behalf of the whole church. For those who are church members, we too are sent forth to be Christ's body in the world, and to do so, we make specific commitments. If you have a hymnal, our service of baptismal covenant starts on page 34. In baptism, the people being baptized or their parents as sponsors are asked about their faith. Do you reject the evil powers of this world and repent of your sin? Do you accept God's power to resist evil? Do you confess Jesus Christ as your savior? Then the candidates are asked if they will be faithful members of the body of Christ and represent Christ in the world. Those answers with baptism make us members of the Holy Catholic Universal Church. 
We become members of the United Methodist Church after, promising to be loyal and to strengthen its ministries. And finally, candidates are asked to do five things, to faithfully participate in the ministries of the church with our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Witness being added after our last hymnal was printed. I love that prayer comes first. I think prayer is central to the life of the believer and to the life of the church. Every time someone is baptized, we are reminded of the central place that prayer is to play in our lives. I find it helpful to create a regular meeting time and place with God. Of course, we can pray to God anytime and anywhere, but creating a special time and place for prayer every day creates the expectation that I will meet God there. Expecting God to be there, I find myself more open to what God has to say. A disciplined pattern of prayer makes a huge difference. Like they used to say on TV, same time, same place. Surrounding prayers with scripture, other holy readings, sacred pictures, music, and, and, and the like helps me in my prayer life. Listening to God in prayer is, is how I find myself becoming available to God. And being available for God is what being a member of the church is all about. As we pray for our brothers and sisters in the church, as we pray for the ministries of the church, as we pray for the finances and the building and work of the church, we are placing ourselves at God's disposal. That's not a bad place to be. Secondly, we promise our presence at baptism. Part of living out our baptismal covenants is simply a matter of showing up. Why do we promise to show up? Well, because we are the church. We are the body of Christ. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. The foot cannot say, because I am a hand, I do not belong to the body. Christians are members of the body of Christ, connected constantly to Jesus, our head, and constantly to the rest of Jesus' body. It's not just a matter of going to church. Jesus doesn't call us to go to church. He calls us to be the church, his body. Connection to the body of Christ is essential to our Christian practice. It's not just a matter of what, what you believe in your head. In the Bible, every time the Holy Spirit comes upon anyone, the Spirit brings that person into spiritual community. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit never comes upon a solitary individual and leaves him or her there. The Spirit always comes for the sake of the community. We become different people in community. We do more in community than we ever could do alone. Like puzzle pieces, each of us is essential, but it takes all of us to complete the picture. Third, we promise our gifts. Jesus said that our lives were like trees and that we would be known by the fruits, by the products of our lives. In other words, no matter what we say we believe or feel we believe or think we believe, the way we live our lives, the priorities that we give for our time and our money and our attention is the truest statement of what we believe. Time and attention aren't difficult to talk about, but money is the great conversational taboo in church and in life. 
We talk much more easily about just about everything else than we do about money. Jesus, on the other hand, talked a lot about money and how often it is a significant obstacle to eternal life because it is so easy for us to trust in our possessions to give us happiness and to give us meaning in life. How we spend our money reflects what we believe, reflects what we trust. In the early days of Methodism, Methodists were ridiculed for, for wearing plain clothing and living in simple houses and wearing no jewelry. They participated in no activities unless they glorified God. But they also cared. They cared for each other in remarkable ways, and that itself drew attention. They tended to the poor and the imprisoned and the lonely and the lost, and it became clear what they believed, in part, of because, in part because of how they allocated their resources. Fourth, we promise our service. Every person has received gifts from God. When we are baptized, we commit to using those gifts as part of the body of Christ. Some people have a lot of gifts. Some people have few. Some gifts are obvious and some gifts are hidden. But every single one of us, it says in the fourth chapter of Ephesians, has been given gifts for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all come to the fullness of Christ. So the question is not whether we have gifts. The question is whether we're going to put them to work or whether we're going to bury them like the one servant did in the parable of the talents. I often wonder when I read that parable why the master entrusts so much to the servants, essentially 15 times an annual wage. It's a huge sum, and, and I always like to think that that's, that's a message that it's because the stakes are high. They always are. I'm not sure for whom. Are the servants entrusted with the talents so that they will learn and grow from developing them? or because they will benefit the entire household? I don't know, but probably both, and so it is for us. Finally, we promise our witness. We share our faith, even when that means standing up and giving a minority report in the room. It's about what we say, it's about how we make choices, it's about how we live our lives. There is an old joke about a police officer who witnesses a driver yelling and honking and gesturing obscenely at another driver. And so he pulls her over and he asks for her license and registration, which he, he then checks. And when he walks back to the car to hand them back to her, she demands to know why she has been pulled over. And the officer says, well, I saw the what would Jesus do bumper sticker on the back of your car, the follow me to Sunday school bumper sticker, and the open hearts, open minds, open doors bumper sticker. And in light of your behavior, I just assumed this car had been stolen. He wanted a witness. How we live our lives may be the first sermon people ever hear. We promise our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness at baptism because we follow the baptized Jesus. And so we cannot stay high and dry on the banks of the river, holding ourselves apart from the grime of the world. Baptized in Jesus' name, we have to wade deep in the water with him, recognizing our kinship to every other human being 
and reaching out to lighten one another's loads. Thanks be to God. Amen. Apostles Creed is a part of every baptismal service. Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come again to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now with the boldness of children of God, let us pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. go forth in peace to love and to serve God and your neighbor in all that you do and the blessing of God Father Son and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always amen be safe be kind and know that you are loved we hope to see you next week